It's quarter to seven Afropolitans, and of course, you can anticipate lots more coming up here on Kaya FM Talk. And from seven till eight o'clock, you can anticipate Sidebar with Cindy. And to tell us what we can expect is Dr. Cindy herself. Dr. Cindy, a very happy Wednesday to you. What's coming up on the lineup tonight? Hi, Gugu. So tonight we're speaking to um, Akino Motoso. We all know him as an actor. He's also a filmmaker, a director. He's a writer and he's a storyteller. And he's the crush of many people on Twitter. You know, a person <laughs> earlier on this morning that um, we're having him on the show and everyone's like saying how he was their childhood crush or their crush for the longest time. But we have Akino on the show. Um, Wednesdays we do profiles and he's um, our person for tonight. So I'm looking forward to, you know, just chatting to him about the African film industry and just what he's been up to in the last few years. I'll tell you something, that voice, Dr. Sandra. I know, right? <laughs> it's amazing. It's a beautiful voice. Oh, super soothing. And I'm definitely looking forward to uh, him in conversation with you this evening. Thanks so much, Dr. Cindy. That's coming up. Akin Omotoso, Afropolitans, uh, a well-known filmmaker and producer and director, uh, will be in conversation with Dr. Cindy. I'm looking forward to that one. And of course, you can keep listening to KFM Talk because from 8 till 9 o'clock, you'll also get the opportunity to uh, update yourself on all things legal with the law report with Michael Mudzwenengbo. All of that and so, so much more coming up on Kaya FM Talk. You're listening to Kukuletu 4P on Kaya Bears. Afro we keep with our focus on all things entrepreneurship as well as small and medium enterprises. You heard us at the top of the show getting a quick reflection on what's happening on the ground with tavern owners, also understanding the impact uh, that ESCOM with its increase in electricity tariffs will have on entrepreneurs and also finding out from large corporates like Anglo-American as to what they're doing with their pipeline. But of course... Simudisa Association is one of those organizations which has been established to drive and lead the encouragement and development of small and medium enterprises and startups in South Africa. Well-respected, well-renowned, so much so that they've also uh, put together some resources to make it easier for entrepreneurs to access their COVID-19 assistance that's required. But one woman who knows all about entrepreneurship, not only is it a passion point for her, it's her day-to-day job, and of course she thrives in encouraging other entrepreneurs entrepreneurs across the continent to seek out opportunities for growth is Matsi Mudise. She's the vice chairperson of Simudisa. Matsi, a warm welcome to Kaya Biz. Kugu, always such an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I'm looking forward to this conversation, Matsi, because I've been uh, witnessing some of the moves you've been making and really trying to uh, assist entrepreneurs to really ride out this wave. But I'm also anxious because I can imagine the realities on the ground that uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners have had to face. But uh, perhaps if you could share some insight with us from Simudisa's point of view as to the impact that COVID-19 has really had on businesses on the ground. Yeah, Google, it's a bloodbath. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. miss my words or try say nice things in a situation that's actually not pleasant. For anybody that has started a business that has grown it, um, big businesses, now imagine if a big business can get wiped out in a month. Imagine the small guy. Imagine mm. the small guy that doesn't have the cash flow, that doesn't have the savings, that doesn't have um, you know, the clients that are constantly there and that they've been servicing for years. They've just been around in business for a couple of years. They've just gotten their, uh, you know, their, their feet on the ground, started growing. And then coronavirus hit, and then lockdown hit, and then supply chains were impacted. Clients now have a smaller amount to spend. They're actually trying themselves to survive. 
and and also like you know as a small business things have become more expensive you've had to relocate from your offices you've had to um, get your your staff members to work remotely you've had to learn different ways of doing things so it is a bloodbath a lot of them are not going to survive because they depend on day-to-day people walking in walking out constantly getting into the environment getting in front of their clients but that has had to change everything has gone digital um, how you yeah. engage with your clients how you engage with your staff members so it is a mess it is a mess it's a very unfortunate mess um, and it is a survival of the fittest literally survival of mm-hmm. the fittest and I think the one thing that is a positive is those companies that were running themselves as good companies you know, that they had their accounting in place, that had their systems in place, that had their compliance in place, are the ones that have a fighting chance because all the opportunities that the public and the private sector are telling us about, are encouraging us to go for, they are only good for companies that were registered with SARS. You know, they have tax clearances, were registered, they had registered their employees with UIS, uh, they can mm. now claim for UIS. But those companies that were literally running their business like it's a it's a hobby and not a real business and we're not compliant, they're the ones that are now finding themselves in a very difficult situation because they are not able to put together their financials for the past two years, for the past three months, for the past year. And those are some of the basic requirements that organizations, whether it's from the government or the private sector, are saying, we would love to help you, but we need to ensure that you have your systems in place and you have your papers in place. That's a very interesting observation and a very important one, Matsi, because as you mentioned, it's no longer just about having a side hustle or a hobby, uh, but it's really about the, the devil being in the details in terms of the documentation that you have uh, and necessary uh, requirements uh, in terms of registration. And that, I'm assuming, also speaks to access of the funding that's been made available. And you have really taken uh, into some detail um, um, the uh, funding that's available, access to opportunities in order for survival and support. What's that take up been like from some of the entrepreneurs that you work with? It's been overwhelming. I think the organizations that are out there that have like, you know, there's some government um, organizations, there's some private sector-led funding organizations, um, they've been overwhelmed with people applying. Um, Obviously, the number of applications doesn't necessarily mean the number of funding that's going to be dispersed. But I remember with um, one of the uh, private sector funds, they literally had a billion rents to offer but got applications that are were like more than three billion rent. So they had to see through all the you know, the applications, see who are the ones that were compliant, who are the ones that fit in um, you know, to the other funding criteria and versus so they couldn't necessarily um, give everybody money. They could only give companies that were really compliant and that were able to show that after they have had this um, um, payment break, uh, payment holiday, they would be in a position to pay them back because it's not a grant. Um, yes, a portion of it was a grant, but majority of it is money that over 18 months you'll have to you'll be expected to pay back. So, you know, South Africa has been doing its best. I can't say um, that nobody really cares or nobody has tried. It's just one of those, it's a very dynamic, unfortunate situation that we've run into. And yeah, I think companies that are going to to make it are companies that have been agile, companies that have been able to pivot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a particular program that I'm running now for a client whereby yes. we are trying to get some, I won't mention any names, but <laughs> whereby we're trying to get um, encouraging small businesses to apply because we'd be able to give them um 
under some intubation and some funding and some TV exposure. But what we're realizing that the companies that we have picked as finalists are those who during this time were traditional businesses, but they were able to get online. An example is an online butchery. Like imagine having an online butchery. Normally you'd have to wake up, go mm. to the butcher, the local butchery, uh, pick your favorite meat. But now they were literally within a couple of weeks were able to then get their, um, their business online whereby you can just go onto the app or go onto their e-commerce website and pick the, the, the meats that you want and then over a period of hours they'll be able to deliver it to your doorstep. So those are the, those companies that were agile enough, smart enough and also were like saying that, you know, we're not going to allow this to impact us. We're actually going to come up with a plan. We're going to come up with solutions for ourselves to survive but then also make it convenient for our customers to continue to enjoy um, offering meat or offering mussels and oysters. You know, there's all sorts of interesting businesses that we're looking at. And we're quite encouraged by those who are just said they're not going to just survive. They're actually going to thrive during this time. So going digital, having a plan for your company, having a plan, a sustainable one that's easy beyond COVID. Those are the companies that I've seen, you know, um, I'm, I'm quite encouraged by them because they have a sense of um, of hope that uh, things will be better, but then also let's let's try do business during this time and make it convenient for ourselves and also for our customers. Mm. Afropolitans, if you've just joined us, we're in conversation with the vice chairperson of Simudisa, Matsi Mudise, who joins us to give us some insight into uh, how Simudisa, as well as uh, the other affiliated organizations she's uh, a partner with, are, are really looking to uh, change, adapt and support entrepreneurs and small and medium owned businesses in terms of pivoting and surviving through this challenging time uh, in South Africa and across the continent. Matsi, I'm really grateful that you touched on the project that you're involved in because I understand you work quite closely with uh, supporting, mentoring uh, many of these entrepreneurs um, um, to pivot and be sustainable for the future. I'm also keen to understand what kind of activity you're seeing across the continent um, for a long period of time. Going north of our borders has always been dubbed as new markets for us to enter. But how have you found um, how have you found business opportunities and level of support for entrepreneurs who might have operations um, outside of South Africa? So what I found interesting in this time, and it also highlights an important void in our support for small businesses or for startup companies, is countries that have a startup, um, you know, that have startup policies, that have startup acts, that have legislated how they're going to work with small businesses, how they're going to capacitate, empower small businesses. They are the ones that are doing well. So, for example, countries like Senegal, countries like Tunisia, they have a very clear, specific startup act that says we want startups in our country to thrive. We want them to grow. We want them to contribute towards uh, the tax bases of our countries because, you know, they are, in essence, the heartbeat and the engine of our, of, of our country's economies. So those countries are the ones that are doing well now because they have a framework of how do they engage, how do they, um, you know, deal and empower and capacitate uh, startups. Uh, right now, we are in the process of engaging the government, the private sector around, guys, let's have, we have a Small Business Act in Iran for many years. It's probably dated and it's not relevant and it doesn't talk to the opportunities of today. So we are now working um, as a collective, you know, very interested parties that are saying we need to have a clear startup act. It doesn't negate from a small business act, but it's a, a complementary to, to, to the small business act because for people who want to start, for people that have ideas, South Africa needs to have a guideline that's inclusive, that is relevant, 
and that actually works for everybody. The government should see it as something that's relevant, that works for them. The private sector should see it as something that works for them, that talks to the objectives. And startups need to feel like somebody sat down or a collective of people sat down and they actually created a framework of how are they going to make sure that when the next pandemic hits, we have the necessary tools, we have the necessary ability to take advantage of the market opportunities. So I must say there is there are other countries that are much more prepared than we are. But South Africa is not the worst country. We are doing our level best. Um, organizations like Simodisa and various other organizations are out there. But the other thing that I must highlight is the compliance of COVID is quite strenuous because now you have to buy masks for your employees. You have to buy sanitizers for your shop. You know, there's some shops, small ones that you go to, they say no mask, no service. Or if you're going in and you have to take a basket, you have to make sure that you have, you know, that um, most sanitizing, uh, um, you know, uh, material. And that, yes. that, that is quite expensive. It's an, um, it's an expense that you never planned for, but it's an expense that you have to um, have so that you are compliant, so that when the regulators come and they come and look at your business, you are compliant. So that is an additional cost of coronavirus that unfortunately a lot of businesses have to uh, now bear that cost and bear that brunt, but that's the only way they're going to be allowed to trade. So if government or if the private sector was thinking of how do we support small businesses in these times is uh, try give them some business. I mean, obviously some contracts you might need to reduce because the, uh, the demand is not there anymore. Or, you know, you have to also mind your own cash flows. But don't kill small businesses by taking away uh, the only things that they have to survive. And also, if you have ways in which you can contribute towards a compliance, uh, utilize that as part of the enterprise development spend. Because at the end of the day, you still need to get your BPD points Um, Mm post-COVID. I think find ways of supporting small businesses. uh, Because these are the companies that employ the majority of people in South Africa. These are companies that are really keeping our economy going. Makes a lot of sense, Mati, and we're really appreciative of your feedback and time today, uh, even educating us on at least some of the changes that are bubbling under in terms of policy and framework. As you always say, never waste a good crisis. So certainly this is one that uh, will be met with a positive response from our entrepreneurs who've been listening today. Thank you very much for your time. As always, that is Mati Mudise. She's the vice chairperson of Simudisa, giving us some insight into some of the uh, action that's been taken uh, by Simudisa as an association, but also also other ways and other means and opportunities for entrepreneurs to really survive and thrive despite the challenging times that we're in today. Afropolitans, that brings us to the end of Kaya Biz for today, focusing on all things entrepreneurship as we do on a Wednesday. Do log on to our website, Kaya FM uh, Rewind, and uh, that's where you can get a quick refresher of all of our key conversations we've had this evening.